So today looks like Vidya is not here. So anyone wants to volunteer? Um, okay. Vidya has joined. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning. Vidya, we can start with the Dhyana Shloka. Eighteen and nineteen, right? Yeah. Okay. So today we'll do we'll continue uh, with chapter two, eighteen and nineteen. Okay. Antavanta ime dehaha. Antavanta ime dehaha. Antavanta ime dehaha. So if you don't have a visargam, just add the visargam after the first half of this shloka. Nityas yokta sharirinaha. Nityas yokta sharirinaha. Nityas yokta sharirinaha. Antavanta ime deha Nityasyokta sharirinaha Antavanta ime deha Nityasyokta sharirinaha Antavanta ime dehaha Nityasyokta sharirinaha Anashino prameyasya Anashino prameyasya Anashino Prameyasya Tasma Dyudhyasva Bharata Tasma Dyudhyasva Bharata Tasma Dyudhyasva Bharata Anashino Prameyasya Tasma Dyudhyasva Bharata 
अनाशिनो प्रमेयस्य तस्मात्युद्यस्वभारत अनाशिनो प्रमेयस्य तस्मात्युद्यस्वभारत येनम वेतिहंतारम येनम वेतिहंतारम येनम वेतिहंतारम यश्चैनम् येनम् वेतिहंतारम् यश्चैनम् मन्यतेहतम् येनम् वेतिहंतारम् यश्चैनम् मन्यतेहतम् उबाउ ताउ नबीजानीता उबाउ ताउ नबीजानीता उबाउ ताउ नबीजानीता So again here, if you have it as बीजानीतो uh, you have to correct it as vijanitaha because we are splitting this line again into two parts. Nayam hantina hanyate. Nayam hantina hanyate. Nayam hantina hanyate. Ubhau tau navijanitaha Nayam hantina hanyate Ubhau tau navijanitaha Nayam hantina hanyate Ubhau tau navijanitaha Nayam hantina hanyate Okay, continue with your class. See you all next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, 
just to quickly summarize what we discussed in the uh, last GD before we kick off. So, um, you know, I thought I'll, I'll summarize this slightly differently to get back to the complete context so far, right? So, um, there is there is a point in time when Arjuna drops his Gandiva and he says, I'm not going to fight. Then uh, Krishna starts his, uh, 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 his Upadesham to uh, Arjuna. And by saying that, first of all, you know, hey, Arjuna, you are, you are kind of, you know, so, feeling sorrow for something that you are not supposed to feel for, feel sorrow for at all. And uh, that's because you don't know what, what the reality is. So it's the knowledge that is missing. That's the key point what he makes. And then he goes on to say that, you know, all these people, neither you nor me, nor all these kings and everybody, all of them have always been existing and they'll continue to exist, right? Now, uh, now Arjuna is uh, probably still wondering what, the, what, is, what is Krishna trying to say? And then he says, uh, Arjuna, then Krishna says, you know, all these uh, people, uh, as they go through the, from the childhood all the way to old age, and uh, then when 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 the when when the person dies, then the embodied soul within each of each one of us migrates and finds a new body to go and live in, and then he says, you know the the uh, bodies of people are with senses and they get in contact with the external world, and this this contact with the external world will create multiple changes within ourselves like heat cold or pleasure, uh, displeasure, or, uh, uh, you know, happiness and sadness. He says, you got to accept them and you got to move on. That's what he says. And then, then he says, for, the, for, the, for that person who is able to get to that state of equanimity of accepting this heat and cold and all these, you know, dualities that experience that we experience because of our... Uh, connection with, with, with the external world through this body and senses, that person is fit to understand what this immortality means and actually to get there. So that's that's what he says. And then he, in the, in the last two shlokas that we discussed, so he reveals the truth. He says that, you know, the unreal always uh, does not exist. And the real always exists. The real is the only one that exists. Right, and then he says that uh, the people who know the truth of this, they are known as. Uh, I mean, the people who know the truth of this, they, they, they have concluded the right way. The rest of the people who do not know the truth that the real is the only one that exists, and the unreal does not exist at all. It's mithya. They don't know. That's what he says. And uh, we talked about it yesterday in, in the last GD. I'm kind of you know, looking at my notes. Uh, we, we talked about it saying that uh, the entire Gita is nothing but uh, Om Tat Sat. That exists and rest all doesn't exist. Right? And Atma is Sat and the rest is Asat. And Sat basically means it is not limited by space, time and object limitations. So if at all when when we think about what is quote unquote real 
and which is always existing and quote is uh, quote unquote unreal not in the english english sense but from the spiritual sense of understanding the word this 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 is the criteria that we will use okay is it limited is something limited by time space and object uh, limitations if something is limited then you know that that is unreal it may appear but it is not real that's something that we discussed and uh, uh, there were some examples that we discussed like you know of what is unreal uh, child of a barren uh, woman or flowers in the sky that we discussed that uh, then uh, mithya we uh, you know there was a beautiful definition that we talked about saying that uh, we can experience mithya but it does not have any independent experience and hence it's limited by time and space that's something that we discussed uh, then uh, we also discussed that any experience that we uh, that we have has two components to it one is the reality of it the isness part of it the second one is what we experience so that experience part is quote unquote mithya and the isness part is true okay uh, then we also talked about uh, you know the fact that this uh, isness can't be experienced or in in the in the context of we gave an analogy of space and we said in that there is light out there everywhere it's extremely bright although it looks dark and we would need a medium for the light to get reflected similarly the sat needs a medium for it to reflect it and that medium is things like you no know, bodies and various objects that get formed and that that we visualize and that's what we we talked about uh, we talked about that and then uh, we also talked about uh, you know the uh, gradations of the five different elements from earth to space growing gro going from grosser to subtler and uh, uh, saying that each subtler element is is completely uh, enveloping the grosser element which is which is at the next stage and then finally we arrived at the most subtlest one as space and even if there is someone beyond that who can perceive that space that that entity that principle must be much more subtler than even space and then we discuss that that subtlest element is the consciousness or the existence or the isness as the most subtlest element uh then we uh we also discussed about uh, what does uh, undying mean you know if something is undying does it also mean it is not unborn and we discussed that and we agreed that uh, you know if something has to die something has to be born then it has to die if something uh, will not need not will if something cannot die that means it is it can never be born uh then we also talked about uh, you know uh, you know applying this this philosophy this understanding of who we truly are to solve some of our real world problems so we talked about okay how do we how do we apply this in our real world life and still uh, you know there are going to be some challenges when when we behave in this particular way in the real world there in the transactional world people could misinterpret it and how do we you know uh, still continue to uh, uh, use this knowledge and live a live a better and peaceful life okay so uh, there was a big debate there and uh, thanks to a question prompted by lakshmi about uh, you know how exactly we should uh, apply that and that's where we stopped because we ran out of time so i uh, i think i summarized it fairly well so anybody if i missed any major points 
we can quickly summarize those things and then get on to discussing the insights from uh, Shloka 18 and 19 of chapter 2. Very good summary, uh, Rajesh. Thank you. I'm just getting moving to another room. Yeah, well, uh, Rajesh is getting set up. I, I remember a joke by SPG, uh, Swami uh, Sabapriyanandaji. So uh, it, it, the joke is of, of, a, um, of a burglar, uh, you know, who argues with the, the cop that, hey, you know, I'm not the one who stole it. It is the Atma. It is, you know, it is not me. That's, it's the Atma. It's not me. And the cop says, don't worry. Even the, even the person who's going to be in jail is the Atma, not you. So please go ahead. So, <laughs> so just thought I'll share that. It, it, I just got, <laughs> I just remind, I was reminded of that. <laughs> so there's no escape clause. <laughs> if we think we are smarter, somebody else thinks they are smarter. <laughs> Sure, I think Sonali is trying to get in, but uh, she's I, I admitted her. Uh, yeah, thanks, Vicky. I admitted her. Just uh, it says joining, but uh, I'm not sure what's happening after that. All right. So, anyone wants to start off? Actually, if, 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 if I may very quickly, um, so this was a very crucial uh, aha moment, one of my first aha moments in the study of Gita, this, this particular section, because not so much of what was being said, but more of the setup, in that at the start of war, um, uh, you know, Arjuna has the law to, he, so he has this, he, he crumbles, but he has a law to hold him up and give him this lecture. Uh, you have the Kauravas who are set up fighting the war. You have uh, Dhritarashtra who is Sanjaya talking to him. So if you see the three positionings, you know, Arjuna has, you know, so this was uh, this point at which we are seeing the Bhagavad Gita play out has got to do with something that has actually been building up for a long, long time. And, and, and this is where the time lag of karma, you know, the, the, this is the first insight I had at the aha moment. And I, I'm, you know, I used this in my presentation back in January, but I just wondered what thoughts others had on this. Uh, am, I, am I making a bigger deal of this than it's meant to be? Actually, Vivek, I didn't understand uh, uh, the point. Actually, you're, you're saying it was it was a culmination of a long preparation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, so look, I mean, 
you know, we all have crises. And to, but to have the Lord to, to, to hold you at that point of crisis is, uh, uh, you know, that's, you, you've got to be, you've got to have a deserving life to have, uh, you've got to have done something right in the past to deserve that. Um, you know, so they, the core of us could have had the Lord stood next to them, giving them, giving them guidance. Um, Dhritarashtra could have had that. Right? And each one has what they what they get, but they, they, it's it's the build up. So, if if at that moment, if if Duryodhana had an epiphany saying, "I don't want to fight," um, you know, somebody might have said, and he says, "I don't want to fight, and I want to go into the forest and you know, for, uh, lead the life of a loser, so to say." And people might have said, "Yes, please, you know, uh, let's do that." So that was. That was how I kind of looked at this moment, saying that actually things happen. Uh, and and I, was, I was just reading uh, another book by Swami Dayananda. I'm just coming to the end of that on Vedanta. And he talks about the, the you know, the, 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 ten, the tenth man problem, where these, these boys, ten boys cross a river and they can only count nine. And there's this wise man waiting over there uh, who kind of sees this and jumps in and corrects their lack of perception. Now they could have carried on feeling bad about you know, not have not finding the tenth man, had had he not been there. So those sort of things I was, I was. This is this is what struck me about this particular section. Yeah, no, that, that that's a good point, Vivek. Uh, I think I think the way that I have understood that in, in my uh, own, own own little way is that. At, at any point of time or the other, if we are receptive, there is going to be someone or something or some uh, some way that we'll get the message. Okay, yeah. And I must I must tell you this. I, I'm going to share this video with with you guys later. Just two days back, uh, uh, you know, in the apartment where we live here, we there was a uh, a couple of uh, there's there's a there's a bird that had laid its eggs on the uh, on the uh, uh, the, the covering for the car parking, right? So uh, the, it had laid its eggs and we've been watching it and it's been six years now, okay? We've been living in this place, six years. Every year the birds come there, they lay the eggs. We've never seen the, uh, the, uh, the hatchlings hatch out and then go, okay? This year, this particular year, when my younger one is getting to college, okay, we saw about six or six hatchlings. And I'm just saying this was just day before. Okay, Friday evening, it happened. Six hatchlings, all of them hatched and we are seeing it and we've taken a video of it. All six of them hatch and all six, all the six birds, they drop from the top eight feet down and you can hear the sound, okay? You can hear the sound. They, they, they're down on the ground for about 10 seconds. They flip and then they start walking along with the mom and dad, okay? And we followed them for quite some time they struggle, and the and the and the uh, uh, the the parents they are there. They're coaching them, and there's a crow that comes in, and the the mom and dad is you know pushing away the crow, and these guys are just waiting for the hatchlings to take their own time and walk to the pond. Now, why I'm saying this is you know it was an insight for for both me and my wife because you know this is a time when you know my younger one is leaving the nest, and you know we got to. 
you know, take the message, you know, why didn't this come to me for so many years? It came to me only now. Uh, that's a beautiful insight, uh, Rajesh. It's, uh, you know, we have to see it that way that, you know, why didn't it come to us before? You know, why are we experiencing at each stage and what experience are we going to get next and what's next for us? You know, what other things can we experience and how can we take that beautifully and say that we are growing and then we are converging towards our goal, right? So uh, yeah. very well expressed. Yeah, my, my point is I, I, the signs are everywhere. The signs are everywhere. We have to pick, yeah. we have to yeah. pick it and we have to apply it. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we really, you know, we were actually having a little tears in our eyes because it was, you can see those birds and you're wondering, you know, what's happening. Yeah. And it relates to what Vivek said also, like uh, the, his aha moment of, you know, we must have done something uh, to experience this. So just connecting what he said to, what we see every day, everywhere, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Go ahead. So the Sorry. way I, uh, you know, I'm relating the, the two things, what Vivek was saying and, and the example that you gave Rajesh is that, I think what Vivek was saying was that you have to continue to do the right thing. And, you know, when you, then when you need the help, you know, you, it will uh, make itself available to you. And I think in your example, like you're saying, you've been watching for six years, you've been watching these birds and you haven't seen this yet, but you were watching again because you've been doing it for six years, right? And, and this time you happen to have that view. So, so I think it, I, I feel like your story just corroborates what, what the vacant is alluding to. More often than not, if it's when you're ready for it, certain things are, uh, they resonate with you. And only then do you actually gain from what happens around you. Uh, more often than not, everything is happening. And I'm sure there are signs all around us. But because it's not relevant to us, you don't resonate with it or make meaning to actually gain from it or use it in a relevant way. Yeah. You all now know that if uh, Rajesh becomes an uh, empty nester, there will be one more class. <laughs> I just want to add one thing to what Anupama said. said uh, that's very true. Uh, I've, I've lived in the same town here for 20 years or so on but first five years i used to rent and then when we started look for a house then only realized like oh my god there is open house sales all around the place like for sale signs all around i never noticed this for sale sign then my wife pointed out no these signs were there all along but we were never ready to buy a house till uh, then only then we saw the same same sign the same thing with later on when we had kids and when they had karate classes or taekwondo classes, I saw those signs. The same thing my wife said, those signs were there all along. But we were never, we never really saw that or took cognizant of it till we were ready for that particular aspect in our life. Yep. And then you start noticing Home Depot and Lois and all those things afterwards. <laughs> exactly. And uh, on a very dismal note, probably you'll notice like, oh, there's funeral homes and retirement homes <laughs> when we get that stage too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so powerful. It's a very interesting insight. Yeah.
So, so getting back to you know the uh, uh, the shloka eighteen, right? One of the insights that I've had is that uh, it it says that you know um, uh, all, all of all of them, all the bodies, they have an end, right? And uh, uh, the, then then the question is like you know what is it that travels out when 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 someone dies, right? What is it that moves out? which continues to go find itself and if 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 the atma the the real the self which always exists which is never born never but never dies that can't travel anywhere because it has got no space time object limitations right so then but something seems to be traveling when somebody dies so what is it that travels so that's that the the insight that i had was which i'm trying to express in english because you know we are communicating in english here is that there is there is this entity that seems to be within us which is more subtler than the physical body that we see which which we call it as sukshma sharira or the mind or whatever that you call and there's it's a broader uh, term right i think what travels is that that part of it that that seems to be traveling it's just that the physical body we just drop it like a bunch of clothes old soil clothes and then that part of it travels which means basically the physical two things it gave, it gave me insight number one the physical body is not us whether we like it or not you know we say oh this is i this is me and all that but i think we just use it like a medium to experience the world it's something else within us that is the body okay at this point of time at least and then that is the one that drops this physical body saying that you are no more useful for me to experience the world i got to go find a new body to start experiencing the world again and then it travels to find a new body and all this travel is happening you know in in a backdrop of that quote unquote the real self who does not travel who does not make any changes so this is a very important distinction we need to make because you know i got terribly terribly confused with this okay whenever uh, so so rajesh can i add here yes, so i don't know I, a very limited understanding i have of this but i think is it the pranic energy that leaves you know when one dies the pranic energy that leaves and assimilates it in another body maybe okay uh and the second point is you are saying you know i like i am not this body is no longer useful for me so i'm going to leave this body and go but while uh, atma is in this body what about the consequences of i mean uh, how does the atma take care of the body in terms of diseases like you know who is responsible for the diseases in the body your atma or you know you i mean you can lead a certain lifestyle you know and and you can have a number of diseases or you know ailments in your body so who is responsible for if you are not the body you are the atma then who is responsible for the diseases in the body because it is finally the body which is experiencing the diseases say uh you know a uh, liver enlargement or a kidney problem or a heart cholesterol problem whatever it may be so who is responsible for this disease if it is i mean if it's not the atma and the atma says you know i'm not the body i'm going to leave you and go so i mean it does i'm not able to understand i mean get this yeah i think i think in the way that i understood is maybe others can add in here it's like you know i have a car i'm driving the car and i meet with an accident so is the car responsible for the accident or i am responsible for the accident obviously you are responsible if it is your fault it is your responsibility yeah and who would have to repair the car 
you the have to car have it. to repair itself or will the driver have to repair it the driver have to repair it obviously yeah so it's the same thing you know it's the driver's uh, driver who is responsible for the car and the driver it's the driver's responsibility or irresponsibility that meets with an accident okay and i'm not i'm not saying it's always the driver's responsibility there could be others uh, others there are going to be others involved in in, in there can be things like wear and tear in the car malfunctioning of the car yeah okay some so a combination of multiple factors so number yeah. one the, it's the driver's responsibility to get it regularly serviced which is or to take care of the car basically to take care of the car yeah yeah so that it runs and drive properly and drive properly yeah but still no guarantee that it will not meet with an accident so it's the same same analogy that i would say that you know in the body too you know we are the drivers and uh, yeah if the disease comes it can come because of our own reasons or it could be out of environmental reasons for which we have no control but uh, you know we got to figure out how to get rid of them and then move on rather than rather than say okay my life is gone that doesn't make sense right it really doesn't make sense it's just the car which has got a scratch okay move on So Rajesh, to add to what Sonali and you said, um, the car and the driver, if we if we take that, so basically, car is what our body is, and that becomes with this shloka. I see that it's kind of unimportant, but the driver, like Atma or you, are the person who, if you identify as yourself or your Atma, you are responsible for any actions or any um, you know future or Um, I shouldn't say future. I should say present because I, I correct myself for present. Uh, <laughs> for and I'm looking at Anu and I'm like, okay, be present. <laughs> uh, so you know, at present, what we feel and what we do and what we are supposed to do to do good deeds, we are responsible as self. So just to take that. analogy of car to driver to our body to who we are as atma um, and and how the car becomes kind of unimportant it's it's the self which is important um that that becomes very powerful if we think that way yeah um, i mean it's it's just it's but, but at the same time the most important thing is the car is required for us to go from point a to right. point b we can't say yeah. car is not important right it is important only to the extent that it is required required you know uh, yeah it is important but that that car can be disposable and another car can come like how you know correct. we we got yeah, but if you time. if you meet with an accident or if you cause an accident you will get points on your license so correct yes exactly yeah <laughs> yes that's our <laughs> just a clarification uh, again vocabulary Uh, so vidya you said we or the atma and i'm thinking that you know because the atma does nothing yeah. or it is just a witness so are we saying that there are three parts which is the body which is the car the subtle sort of body or subtle sort of or sukshma sharir which is the driver if you will and then there is this kind of witness consciousness atma which is which is what we truly are but we mistake ourselves to be the sukshma sharira is that sort ajay, of the right way to think about ajay ajay i'm i'm just um lakshmi if i may interject here i know you you raised your hand before me um 
uh, the, you know that so you, now that you're talking about the car analogy uh, in uh, Swami Parthasarthi's book which I, I I just have here he talks about the car too and I'm like it was kind of strange that you're talking about the same thing but here he says then uh, the atma is the petrol or the gas so it doesn't do anything uh, yeah. but it's needed yeah. right um you know where you go how you go how fast you drive what not is de- determined by the driver not the gas itself right the gas is there it 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 allows you to go um it is um it is it's the one that's giving you that power but then everything else is decided by the the driver right and the driver is able to go because uh, there there is a car so in that sense in this to complete that analogy so that would be then the atma in this analogy i think that's beautiful yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. lakshmi mine is slightly uh, different uh, thing so i'll let you discuss on this point and then come back to what i what i have yeah you know i just wanted to um make sure we understand this uh, a subtle point right i mean it's a very important point what uh, rajesh started with which is what happens uh, at the time of death in other words i mean this is a corollary to what uh, what the what we've been reading so far which is hey what what is body and what um and why we shouldn't fear death right i mean that's also the topic of this and and so then what what happens uh during death right and um if you've read the tattva bodha where it, it, this is uh, explained in a slightly more detail basically it's the subtle body that that travels and what is the subtle body anything that we are not able to see right anything we are able to see feel and touch is the physical body but then the subtle body is inside of it and um, made of subtle elements right if you look at again um the the more gross elements and then there is a subtle part of these elements so they make up the subtle body and and in terms of what we know it's the mind and uh, and i think sonali brought up uh, uh, pranic energy all that is subtle we don't directly touch it we don't feel it directly right but it's it's there we ourselves can see it others cannot right others cannot see our mind others cannot see our pranic energy or we ourselves can feel it maybe but not others right so that's the one that um uh, travels to and and gets under the body so um, um you know th- this is um you know when if anybody has uh, seen a dead body from up close it's um it, it hits you at that time that hey this person was talking and uh, you know was interacting with me for some time and and suddenly it's just a lump of uh, um uh, you know matter and and then you wonder wh- what what happened what changed so um yeah just mentioning that if uh, this is an important one to uh, ponder over and think about lakshmi i think krishna raised her his uh... hand too probably he wants to talk about this topic i have a different one so i, I don't want to interrupt oh uh, thank you thank you i'll just go quickly on this um, just reminded of bajagovindam uh, too there is one shloka that says like all your relatives including your spouses and kids 
who are attached to this body when you die even they will not want this body so don't be attached to this body there's this very nice two phrase uh, once a body dies nobody wants to be with that um, and hence pajagovindam uh, but in this uh, shloka antavantaha the 18th shloka the one nice thing also learned from swami patasadhi's book is uh, the construction uh, dehaha is in plural but sharirinaha is in singular so the bodies are many but the embodied is uh, singular and and for me another one was like um, the first time when arjuna makes an argument he will say uh, everybody will lose dharma people will fight there will be all caste mixing and all that and then he will say tasmat therefore i won't fight or i should not fight we should not do this sin and then he will drop and that's the only time he will use that and uh, here the like many commentaries have read like wherever then uh, krishna will do some logical groupings of uh, teachings and then he will conclude with the tasmat therefore almost like our qed uh, kind of thing so therefore i prove this and this is like the first time i think in this section from 211 to 18 the first time he says the bodies are many but the embodied soul is one so tasmat therefore you just fight don't don't worry about which body you are fighting from just do uh, what your uh, duty is um just one addition on that 219 i also noticed that apparently that is a straight lift quote from uh, kato upanishad the next shloka so that just thought i would point out and in swami parmatmananda ji's uh, lecture he he says it very beautifully and a very nice way he will he will be giving the lecture in english and then suddenly he will switch to tamil and say uh, bhagwan krishna apdiye copy edichuttar is like copied it literally verbatim and then he will say and then he will again come back to english explaining all i thought that was uh, all i always get a chuckle out of it when when he when he does that uh, childish moment of uh, switching switching modes and then coming back to it yeah that's that's all i had to share thanks good one krishna the only clarification that i wanted to ask you was where, did you interpret that saying that uh, the many bodies as many bodies as in that in that in that uh, battlefield at that point of time is that what he was indicating or he was saying you are going to you mr arjuna are going to take multiple bodies how did you interpret that oh i interpreted it as all of us like everybody in the world as many bodies and it's just one atman so different bodies just doing different actions just do it more actually it, it, both interpretations work one is one is many bodies and there is one atma and also one body with three or three shariras the causal um, subtle and gross so it even works with that that even the same person has three different bodies so i have read interpretation which is saying all three things so one is many bodies which you can see still there is one atma you yourself in this present condition you have one atma and three bodies and as a person you can have bodies throughout through different lives so all three are actually indicated in the same one the beautiful very well wonderful yeah speaking of causal though i have a question um sorry again uh, just a very quick question does that travel um when at the time of death it does it does because it is also made up of matter yeah it's not all pervasive it is limited so right. I, i i have a slightly 
like a, a question related to this from the practical point of view. Like we are saying that, you know, we're saying we should not be attached to our body because it is not what we are. But what about people who earn because of their body, like a sports person who's, you know, physically very fit and he makes most of his money because of his physical fitness or ability to do certain things because of his physical attributes. Or how about a film actor or film actress who makes money or earns his living because of the facial or the physical, you know, attributes that person has. And they are very much attached to their body. They take care of the body very much in the sense like, you know, uh, they do plastic surgeries and, you know, whatnot to preserve their looks. So, I mean, uh, this just some kind of a dichotomy that is emerging here. I mean, they are very attached to their body and they have to be continued to be attached to their body uh, to con because that the body is what is ma uh, making, giving, giving them their livelihood. Sonali, that's not true only for them, right? I mean, all of us, when we were in the, or still, some of us are still, you know, in the earning stage, we need this body. That is only what is going to, irrespective of whether it's a sports person or a person in, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the celebrity business, um, all of us need the body to, to work. Right? Yeah, but they are, they are over attached to the body in the sense that they go to extreme, uh, uh, extreme, uh, they go to extremes to take care of it. Like they will probably take Botox injection or will do plastic. We will not do plastic surgery to take care of our facial looks as we grow old. You know, things like that. That is, isn't that over attachment because over attachment to their looks because that is what is their job or I mean their profession. Can I interrupt Sonali? I, I myself think that that as maybe it is all attachment from our point of view. Probably it's not from their point of view. They are do, doing their duty to their profession, probably. I don't know. That's how I take it. Yeah, Sonali, I um, take it the way Lakshmi has taken. Like, for example, if you want uh, to study and you're, you'll take care of your intellectual capacity, you'll keep reading and you'll you'll probably uh, want to do more research, uh, which is similar to what uh, the other person is taking care of their body to perform. Um, that's how I take it. So it, it's the same thing, what we do, maybe without looking beautiful, <laughs> but studying. Yeah, I just, I, I wasn't understanding this. How was this fitting in? So yeah, okay, I, I kind of get it. Thank you. Your questions are really good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very practical and yeah. uh, real yeah. in the today's world, right? So yeah, thanks yeah. for asking those I questions. Mean, and it makes sense in this, what we are discussing too. Yeah, I mean, I just try to understand what goes on with the current day life with what we are learning because what is written in the Gita was probably thousands of years old. But it's relevant since today's world and understand how the world is today and the way people are behaving or acting or doing whatever they are doing, I think how is Gita helping us to understand that? I mean, so I try to, you know, 
connect the things, connect the dots, and give some practical live examples to understand the. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, going back to I think uh, last uh, week's discussion, right? We ended with the point to. So I think something very similar in the a very light note, right? So uh, happened like in the sense that I can relate to that a little bit uh, in the sense that uh, my daughter got her license yesterday. And uh, before even <laughs> going for the test, I think she, she has talked to her friends and also thinking of like she and her friends would go out to, to the city, like the Boston and all that, right? So I myself wasn't fully aware of that, obviously. So I took her for the uh, driving uh, test early in the morning. And then um, I'm glad that she got it. It's, it's, a, it's a day to celebrate. It's a good milestone for her. And um, then she tells me, okay, we, we want to go to Boston, me and my friends. Well, at that moment, well, I had to put myself in her shoes. Ideally, my mom's, <laughs> as a mom, I would uh, probably would have said no <laughs> in the sense that driving her on her own or with her friends or whatever it is, I would have said no probably. But I then I took myself back and said, okay, probably she's a free bird now. I have to in some ways let her go to some extent, right? I would miss those days where I used to take her every day uh, on a, 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 to, to drive, right? Sitting by her side. Those half an hour discussions or 15, 20 minutes discussions where she would listen to whatever I say, She there's no escape, right? Now I lose that. Right. It's it's uh, uh, of course. So but again, she has to celebrate. So I had to say, yes. Yeah, she came back at seven in the night. But yeah, <laughs> well, it, that, that's the in, in a simple way. Uh, that's one example. But I uh, a little bit taught uh, me in the sense that how to not react and uh, take situations as they come. Right. Um, uh, that's one thing. So who was Lakshmi? So who was feeling that quote-unquote fear? Was it the 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 role of the mother who was feeling it, or was it your what what was it? It was the role of the mother, obviously. The mother, uh, the momly instincts, uh, just leaving her on her own. And I know now she's a free bird. She wouldn't ask me to come and join <laughs> anymore. She'll go on her own drives, right? So those all get added up and create a little bit of anxiety, but I had to let it go, I guess. But the great point, what you say is, you know, you, uh, you see that there's a distinction, right? And that's a beautiful thing, you know, because that distinction makes us to step back and say, oh, I think it's it's okay. I, my fears are my own fears, but I will have to let that person go. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, did, and um, she did say, I mean, Certain words they say at the teenager, do you really think mom I'll crash? I mean, I would like, oh my God, why would she say that, right? So that that itself sank my heart, heart but I, I can, yeah, that's how they talk, very instinct, right? So yeah, so I had to let it go. The other thing is, um, one thing I thought last week, the slokas when I read, 
they seemed um, I could understand to some extent, right? So this um, this 18, especially and 19, were a little tough for me uh, to understand on a, at a high level. Um, yes, at a, at a whole, it said like consciousness helps you to um, realize what's real and unreal, right? So, but there was this sentence in this um, on page 88 where it says the term uh, unknowable is only meant to ex express that it is not knowable through the usual organs of per perceptions. Only meant to express uh, that it is not knowable through the usual organs of perceptions, which I couldn't elaborate and understand on that particular sentence. So if, if um, so all these, um, what do you call mind, body, and all these are the mediums, right? Where uh, you can experience whatever you're um, facing, right? So seeing or whether you're smelling or whatever. Uh, but if those sense organs are not uh, going to help you uh, to experience the consciousness, then what else, right? So maybe I understood incorrectly, but uh, I would like you guys to help me out here. Actually, I had raised my hand to just bring out that word only that, you know, once we are done with these topics, that apramaya is the word used in this particular shloka, which is uh, interesting to understand, you know, what does it mean? So, so, and it again goes to, you know, how much in-depth Vedas have gone into to say. So any knowledge is possible by the, what we call as the means of knowledge or sources of knowledge. There are six ways. So the first one is pratyaksh, which is any perception through organs. So what we can see, touch, smell, hear, um, feel, so, or taste. So, so these are the any object that you can actually directly see it, right? So that is the pratyaksh way of understanding something. So atma, you cannot see. It is so subtle, none of your organs can actually see it because it is so subtle. It is even subtler than the space. You can't even see the space, so forget about you know anything which is even subtler than that. Then similarly, you can go into that. You cannot hear it, you cannot touch it, you cannot taste it, and you cannot smell it. So all of your perceptions are covered. So that's one way of knowing anything. So that's the source of knowledge. The second one is by inference. But in inference also, you should have seen it. So when we say, Whenever there is smoke, there has to be fire. Because by experience, whenever we have seen smoke, there is an underlying fire in it. So that's by inference. Then the third one is anuplabdhi, which is absence. So if you don't see anything, then you just infer that you know there is nothing there. But in case of atma, you cannot do that as well. Because something exists, as soon as you say is, it is there. So you cannot know it by absence, right? Then the fourth one is Upman. Upman is by comparison. 
again, there is no example which directly, uh, which because any upman is uh, analogy. There is nothing which can be analogical to to atma. The closest we come is we say, um, you know, when there is a snake, uh, when we, we we think it's a snake, and later on we find that it's a rope. That rope is the reality, whereas what we saw was the snake. But again, it's it's a very limited example. It doesn't tell us about because there also a lot of people say, oh, it needs to be in that shape, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Only then you can you can take uh, rope to be a snake. So even the analogy doesn't work there. Then there is arthapatti. Arthapatti is based upon data analysis. So it's almost like you know every day we've seen that the sun comes out at this particular time and then it, the day starts and the day ends. So this is arthapatti that over a period of time, like somebody comes and says, who's very fat and says, I don't eat at night. That means he must be eating during the day. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how you, that's, that's the example used for arthapatti. And then the last source of knowledge is actually shabd. And shabd we refer to as shruti, which is the Vedas. So even Vedas, they cannot pinpoint what is, because Atma is, this, this real self is, is not where words can go. It cannot be described because it doesn't have a shape. It doesn't have a form. It doesn't have any attributes. So how do you describe something which doesn't have? So words are not capable for doing that. But Shabd is the closest which comes in trying to show you in that direction. It just gives indications this is what you do so to your point lakshmi unfortunately it cannot be known by any of the means that we know but i think what shabd tells the the vedas tell there is something there and people have experienced it and so it will be some people say the mind is used but even mind will take you till the edge and then the mind has to drop and then only that will remain so, so that's why uh, he, he brings, uh, Lord Krishna brings in this aprameya word here that it is not something which we can look for because anything you look for will be an object. But what it is trying to say, it is the subject. So like we've been discussing that, you know, uh, the eyes can see everything, but you cannot see the eyes directly. Even if you see in the mirror, you only see the reflection. You don't see the original eye by eye. So, so it's the same way. This is this Atma is the one which is making all experiences possible. But this, so all experience will point that if you are having experience, that means Atma is there. Like if you see anything, it's a proof that you have eyes. So when you see anything or you feel anything, that means there is some reality behind it. Because without a reality behind it, the changing world cannot appear. Something has to be there on which it is appearing. Otherwise, something cannot come out of nothingness. So there has to be something. And that is where you need to study it to be able to more grasp it. But it is, unfortunately, yes, it is the one um, which cannot be described or explained at all. Sorry for that. Very beautifully, beautifully explained, summarizing that word uh, aprameya. And you know, just to uh, just to add to what Alpana you said, you know, one thing which uh, uh, which was an aha moment for me was, 
you know the only thing that comes closest like what alpana said is the shabda pramana which is the proof of the words right now even and alpana you said that even those can't do it and actually the if you look at the structure of how the uh, vedas and gitas are all set is you know there are only two things okay one is real one is unreal i'm going to describe everything which is unreal then in your mind you will understand everything eliminate all of them but still something remains that is real then the mind understands like and they give an example i think this swami uh, guru parananda gave, gave this example if you want to uh, let's say there are 10 people in a big crowd okay 10 people crowd and you want to point out uh, mr x and uh, you describe saying that three of them who wear green shirts that's not mr x okay and other uh, three who are uh, uh, wearing uh, shorts they are not that, that's not mr x and then uh, that uh, short person is not mr x and then you know you describe all the nine people with different characteristics and then you don't describe the 10th person but for for you the the person who is receiving this information about the description of the 10 people then you know who is mr x isn't it so that's exactly the same process what these people follow here this entire geeta entire vedas upanishads they say i'm going to tell you everything about this world everything about how you think how you cannot think how imagination everything i'll tell you you'll understand everything okay but remember there's one thing i cannot tell but you will know what it is that's where the faith faith is required till till that time the till that time you know we we get to that point saying that okay i think all this makes sense that means now i'm trusting this particular source of knowledge to give me information about something that i don't know and i can never ever get it by any other means then then that faith will get on to us till such time that faith gets on to us right we will never be able to understand this aprameya concept so just to add on to what rajesh mentioned so there are three four ways that are used in different texts so neti neti is the most common one not this not this and then and then whatever you have to assume whatever is left because it says neti for whatever is manifested and then second neti for whatever is unmanifested and you have to assume whatever is left or you have to 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 catch that that whatever is left is that so that's the first way the second way is uh, using paradoxical statements like it is smaller than the smallest it is further than the furthest it is you know those kind of statements and then another one which uh, buddhists use is very interesting try to hear the sound of a clap using one hand so and they just leave you with that and then you keep doing manan how can there be a sound of a clapping with a single hand right so it just leaves you there so 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 that's the second way to use the third way is the inference which we were trying to say that you know if all of this exists there has to be some reality behind it so that's the third way of inference and fourth way is actually silence silence is the only thing which can lead you you know there so those are the four methods used across uh, scriptures to explain that but you cannot directly just explain it and yet when you experience it there'll be nothing which is more direct than that because direct perception that we call using the organs it's again via something when you see an object you are getting the rays from there that's going into the eyes and then that is getting deciphered so it's again not the direct experience in fact the experience of atman is the only direct experience that's ever possible and that is when you say i am you don't re- need any proof to say i exist and that is 
that is what you have to you have to catch eventually and actually you know we experience that every day when we when we go to deep sleep because you know when we come back we know we we existed at that point of time but the point is being that even when awake all the time that's what will you know you remember the analogy that i was using that sling you know you get off the orbit and then you get off that thing and then you look at everything in the orbit happening okay it's all fine but i am not that you'll get glimpses of it for sure every day each one of us experience it we don't catch it when we catch it trust me it's so powerful actually it's so so powerful shri you raised your hand yeah uh, beautiful insights and explanation both alpana and rajesh uh, really uh, enjoyed that have a question it might sound silly so when you watch all these uh, tv shows where they try to catch ghosts or try to track uh, uh, existence of spirits they catch get, get that some kind of a, i don't know what meter it is like some kind of a thing that then they say oh i detect this energy here i detect this energy here obviously this is trying to find a loophole right you cannot taste it you cannot see it you cannot feel it but there is something that is there that is detected not by your sense organs but some technology and obviously they are trying to say that this energy um, form is there that that motivates us so can you say that this atma is a form of energy and uh, again this like a uh, same thing the shiva shakti complex right where shiva is matter shakti is energy between them they animate inanimate objects and bring life to it and that kind of duality there so is atma a form of energy that is uh, what we are referring to or is that i mean totally totally look at the wrong way shri my understanding is even the spirits are made up of matter so whatever is detected even energy is actually part of maya so even that is detectable so even the the shiva and shakti that we use that is again part of maya only the sadashiv which is beyond shiv if you are using the context of shiva or the narayan the, not the vishnu roop but the but the one behind it which we refer to as the parmatma the nirgun nirakar that is one so it is even subtler than the energy so that's what my understanding is that's uh, energy and matter are still part of maya yeah i th- i think you know alpana you said it very well my understanding is if if anybody a great poet or a greatest scientist or whatever if they can quote and quote write even a single word out of it then that's not atma and matter and energy are interconvertible isn't it so in the in that sense energy can be converted to matter and still is in that realm of matter so in that example how would you explain ghosts and spirits and stuff like that i know it's like a gray area here but then people feel that presence of an extra uh, thing that's there and so on how so does it explain that the, the subtle bodies exist but they are within the realms of uh, maya subtle bodies exist very much and you know if you are a little bit siddh uh, or evolved you can talk yeah. to them but they are all part of still maya so we are referring to atma which is beyond that so it's beyond that subtle body actually alpana you know uh, uh, i i i differ there with you 
because we don't have to be siddha to experience that you do this experiment today you think of a person that you have not thought about for in the last x number of years okay and you think about that person and you every day you think about the person let's say for 2 minutes or whatever 1 minute even 30 seconds you think about it for one month you think about it and trust me if you don't get a connection with that person i'll be totally totally zapped okay what happens is you are accessing that domain even as ordinary individuals we access that domain every day we just don't acknowledge it i agree i, I agree rajesh there but uh, what i was saying actually people can talk to the spirits they can call at will and that's a power which if yeah. one wants can develop but i think hey, um, beyond google uh, loss of attraction uh, i think this, this is something i talked to and i was surprised myself and i have seen that um, what krishna is talking about also on uh, netflix or somewhere i seen those uh, videos but loss of attractions opera uh, uh, discusses with someone i think um, i can't remember the name and all but uh, just google that and then uh, it talks about manifestations and all that uh, when you try to think about something uh, uh, so uh what do you call with all your energies then it'll happen so that's why if we say that um even she talks about uh whoever wants to lose weight or something if they focus on oh i'm fat i'm fat um then it'll come to you fatness so if you think about positively i want to eat well i want to eat well you'll start eating well um i know it's not easy i haven't been able to implement that but It, this is like attracting the positive um and it will happen to you and um same way if you um try to remember someone and somehow there will be some sort of connection um so um, yeah yeah just google that you you'll hear that podcast and it this is by ronda burns right i um i can't remember but opera interviews someone and um yeah. she actually a lady is able to talk to the spirits and then and opera is actually talking to the spirit yeah uh, lakshmi on that uh, I, i know one one person one of the friend of mine uh, follows reiki um, method for healing and stuff like that they also say that something very similar to what you just said uh, the positive or or intent that you have or if you keep thinking of something that could happen or influence your external thing for example if you are rushing to catch a train if you think like oh my god i'm going to miss the train i'm going to miss the train i'm going to miss the train your thought is of missing the train you invariably will miss the train on the other hand i'm going to i'm going to catch the train i'm going to catch the train i'm going to catch the train even if you're cutting it fine you will find like something happens you get all the lights aligning for your traffic lights nothing there's nobody cutting you when you make the right turn into the parking lot or rushing the train probably conductor holds it for you it's almost like the universe is helping you with your positive thought process again this is uh, their philosophy and i've experienced it especially when i i have a two hour two and a half hour commute to new york I have to rush to catch the train every day i tried this and uh, it, it did work for me for most part true again uh, yeah we a lot of things happen in our daily lives and uh, it's not easy but uh, try right you have to remind yourself to try with all that's happening around you so yeah so is this, isn't this called providence like you know you think of something and that happens and some people seem to be have a better uh, what do you say attunement towards that 
whereas some needs to work harder to do that. Some maybe have a better, what do you say, skill set or whatever it is. You know, the stars are more aligned for them to achieve, you know, whatever you think and you know, think or believe and that happens to you. And some people, the stars are more aligned so that, you know, whatever they think or believe that happens, whereas some others, maybe they need to work more harder. And that's why, uh, I mean, it's just a thought. No, I think I think the, the whole point, the point of discussion is that there are different realms that can be accessed by people. And, uh, uh, you know, different people have different abilities to access different sorts of realms. And, uh, but the key message is, if somebody says that is Atma, that is not Atma. Maybe in the movie, they say, Atma, I, I can hear a lot of echo. I do not know from where it is coming from. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, someone, uh, please please mute yourself if, you, if you're not speaking. Um, and if, if in the movies, if the depiction saying the Atma is going that way, I think it's, it's just a movie depiction. I think we should not uh, worry too much about it. Just enjoy the movie and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, you go find the next movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, Manu, I saw your hand raised. Yeah, no, I was just going to give an example of the, you know, you tell the universe what you want and eventually you will get it kind of thing. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, we used to live in a condo and we were looking for a house. And so my husband and I always had, you know, very specific needs like requirements. Oh, it should have this. It should have that. It should have that. And we look, you know, we, we could not find the, a house that met all those requirements and was within our budget. Right. So, um, <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, my husband always wanted to build a house. And uh, so he's like, Oh, well, let's buy a lot. And then every lot we would find was, you know, in the middle of the woods or on a main road or something. And I was like, I don't want to live there. I want to, live in a neighborhood. So we were looking for almost like five years. We looked for a house. We did not find anything. And finally we said, okay, you know, let's just buy something that's in our budget. And we were about to close on this house. We were having discussions with the homeowner, you know, on price, et cetera. And uh, the realtor who was helping us um, uh, told my husband, oh, you know, I just have to go pick up something for a lot nearby. And my husband said, oh, you also sell lots? We don't know, you know, I would be interested in that. And uh, to make a long story short, we ended up buying that lot, which was inside a, of a neighborhood. So my husband could build his, you know, the house that he wanted. We got all the things that we had always wanted in the house. And so I feel like, you know, yeah, it took time, but eventually, <laughs> it was exactly what we had in mind. So, you know, we wanted a large lot, we wanted, uh, you know, a driveway, a certain type, whatever, we got all of that. And I think so that, you know, always saying that, oh, I would like this, I would like this. This is my ideal, at least having that. But okay, sometimes you gotta settle for something that's not ideal. But I think uh, eventually you might, you know, get that if you define it. The, the universe at least knows what you're looking for. Just wanted to share that story. Yep, that's a beautiful one. Thank you. Um, 
just a just kind of moving forward on uh, on the shloka 19 now 18 i think uh, alpana you raised your hand go ahead alpana no no you go ahead i was also trying to go to the 19 one you go ahead <laughs> uh, that's fine i i, I just want to move the, move the conversation to 19 so please yeah no i was saying that i think yeah we have discussed in, on the 18 so on the 19 <laughs> just wanted to highlight that you know um what it says is uh, the key point it's trying to highlight is that we've been talking about atma so far and just the sharir um you know, uh, what it is trying to say is once the whatever this body can do it superimposes itself on the atma the atma begins to say that i am the doer and i am the i am the bhokta uh i am the experiencer mm, of it so in reality atma is neither the doer nor the experiencer so that is why this shlok is the one which starts going into that direction that neither i am the one if you think that it is the one who kills or you think it gets killed both of them they don't know about it so so i thought that's a very powerful shloka to start moving in that direction because eventually it has to move to the doership and then the karmayog sector but it starts saying that you are not the doer and you are not the experiencer and, and not only that not only this shloka is, is a segue into karmayoga it's also a segue into vinaya yoga i would like to add something here the way that i have understood this is i can hear some noise back again Mahesh wants to say something. Okay, Mahesh, why don't you go, Mahesh? Maybe I'll I'll say whatever. Go ahead, go ahead, Mahesh. Yeah, uh, noise is coming from here only. Perhaps there's a generator running, so maybe that is the noise coming from here. Okay. Now, I mean, just for this loka, I was trying to understand, and Swami Sarvapriyananda ji gives a very good example. of how to understand this particular that everything is done by consciousness he gives an example where you i mean whatever we see now i mean uh, we experience now through our eyes the external things is actually an image formed by in our eyes that is what just now alpan also said so we are experiencing only the image exactly uh, as of this moment which is falling on our eyes and if we go further deep inside the one between the eyes and the ears they say let's say a biochemical reaction is happening and it is presenting to the mind and that is the experience which we are uh, having in the second phase and the third phase where the mind presents to the consciousness uh, i mean and the consciousness experiences this so this is the actual experience and who's experiencing this is the consciousness and what is being experienced because unless it is a conscious matter it cannot experience itself so what is experience is consciousness what is being experienced is also consciousness so the superimposition of the body is a mistake is what he says I and mean, that is my understanding from swami sarvapriyananda ji's lecture in in this uh, in this shloka are they uh, are they is he trying to say that um the the atma is not the slayer or the slain right so who is 
like because somebody is taking that action right somebody is fighting in that war and somebody is slaying somebody else so who is the i guess that the, i understand that it's not the atma that's that's the most powerful question that you that you asked and i think unfortunately you asked at a time where we only six more minutes to go <laughs> so it's like you know last week repeating again you know <laughs> so i have finally heard it could be the gas <laughs> in the car situation <laughs> and we don't know what that gas is so <laughs> so so interestingly enough uh, that's the example um, the example of the gas and the car is given in this context uh, by swami uh, uh, by parthasarthi in, in his book <laughs> so um, the fact that gas uh, the petrol itself doesn't uh, perform the action uh, it, it's um, between the the driver who makes the decision to go to one place or the other and uh, fast or slow the the type of uh, the how you get there and then the car actually does it right so it's between that and not the gas so if you take the same thing it's it's our intellect our mind that makes a call on whether we do a certain action or not and then we uh, it tells the physical uh, um uh, organs of action to do it right so in that sense it's it's in in a different realm than atman which is not the one that's performing the action i think that's what is this is trying to make it very clear so i have a question here if you hello so if uh, the atma is not the doer the atma is not responsible for your actions right then how does your actions get transferred to another life okay like you say yeah. in your life you have the prarabdha karma that is your actions from your previous life right. if your atma was not responsible for your actions then how did your actions get transferred to like suppose you did a bad deed whatever yeah. it may be bad deed or yeah. good deed how does it get transferred to the other life because atma is the carrier yeah. for whatever your actions are from this life to another life But this is I'm not able to understand. No, so Atma, Atma is there. Ask that question. I think uh, we will we we will cover it probably in a later uh, shlokas. If you don't mind, we will have to pass it. Uh, Rajesh, why not uh, a very short one one line answer to this, which is which is that the, we said the the subtle body travels and takes another physical body. The um, all the karmas are associated with the subtle body, right? And the, hence that travels with with it. so we will cover more of this later but uh, that would be a very short summary of that short short answer to that yeah okay so um, you know uh, the insight that i had on reading this shloka 19 i know it's 727 so was that you know yeah it's a nice segue to karma yoga there, there we talked about you know uh, karma and karma yoga and all that and it also talks about to manu to your point to your question right it also talks about gnana yoga here that's how i understood that right saying that at the end of the day it is the right knowledge that we require to really segregate who is the one who is actually doing this thing and who is the one who is not doing and who is an entity unfortunately we 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 seem to think that you know sometimes body is doing it sometimes mind is doing it sometimes intellect is doing it all these are mere words right and 
the words that we associate to whatever principles that we think that 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 is being do, that's doing it is actually the, our sense of our identity there if somebody let's say a film actor you know going back to sonali's example about you know uh, actors taking care of their bodies and all that if the film actor has his identity actually i don't think that's true because film actors you know despite the fact that they maintain the body very well and all they don't think that their body because you know they dress up like you know in one movie in, in a crazy way and another movie like a king and all that so they really don't care that much about their bodies that's my view but that's a different point okay but what i'm saying is that you know the, uh, the like, like an actor you know the where they have their own identity okay that's what they start caring for most and that's what they think that they that that, that does it right so if if in if if uh, someone says okay you know i think my sense of identity is in my body then they'll end up taking care of their body most if somebody says my sense of identity is in my mind in my emotions then you can see that they are living their emotions if somebody says you know my sense of identity is in my intellect then you can see that they are living their life of intellect you know analyzing everything rationalizing becoming a great scientist and things like that but if you really if you really take that sense of identity and sometimes there's going to be an, there's going to be a uh, an extra uh, weight added on to us which says that okay i am the one who is doing it and we really don't know who that i is but we make that assumption saying that i is my body or mind or whatever and that's what the gita says you know we need to figure out how to separate that thing out yeah i think i, I think we really need to understand the who was doing it part because this can <laughs> give us some you know uh wrong sense of being all powerful or or nothing matters kind of thing with but things obviously do matter and so we need to understand you know how or what we should be trying to control or improve or you know to to do the right thing because i feel like you know almost just by reading this okay i, I can go and you know kill anyone but it doesn't matter because that person didn't die and i didn't kill <laughs> kind of thing so so i think it's it's uh, important exactly exactly what i was trying to i was just thinking that you know then people will just go on doing just about anything saying that i'm not right. doing it so we, yeah. we started with a joke remember uh, uh, you know so if no uh, sonal you probably missed that we started uh, today's discussion with a joke uh, that uh, swami spg said which is you know you can go kill somebody and then somebody goes to the jail but that is also atman so hence no no worries <laughs> you're not going to suffer <laughs> so anyway rajesh you're on mute so and why do we punish people then why there are laws you know why there are laws in the country and why do we punish people who go against the laws if they are not doing it then who is doing it so now the time out 7:30 7:30 okay. we will do that that's a great question but we will have to take it at a later point of time so uh, for the next gd uh, you know i was thinking 2021 and uh, i'm not too, i'm not 100% sure if we can do uh, the two more shlokas can we try just the next to two shlokas 20 and 21 i think we should do 2021 and 22 oh okay 22 but so I, i was having my own doubt about that whether that will be a good thing or not thank you because then the next section is all together so till yeah. let's do till 22 yeah so we'll do 20 21 and 22 okay for the next gd today it looks like we covered it well on time and i think uh, uh, the insights were really really uh, wonderful and some practical applications also in terms of how we can get that knowledge so hopefully you know we will not take up the dagger 
and uh, you know make some things we can just chop vegetables today <laughs> <laughs> all right with that i think we can uh, end with our uh, uh, prayer om asatoma sadgamaya tamasoma jyotir gamaya mrutyorma mrutangamaya om shanti 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 sarve jana sukhino bhavantu Thank you, everyone. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll meet next week. Hi, Om. Hi, Om. Hi, Om. Thanks. Bye.